And we'll be on in Uno, Dos, Tres, Catorce. Hey, everyone. Didn't forgot to light the stupid cigar. Well, anyway, I'll have to take a moment here to light a cigar. Welcome to Americana, the American way. And, uh... This real episode is uh, entitled Last Stand of the, Re the Republic. Because after I get this cigar lit, and can talk plain. Oh, see how terrible of a job I did lighting this with paper matches. So, uh, let me start that again and again and again. Welcome to Americana, the American way, on all of your lovely podcast platforms. You can also check me out on Parlor, the free speech app, as it calls itself, at the Real Big John. Uh, depending on where you're hearing or seeing this, I'm on YouTube, uh, Rumble, and the Anchor, as well as all the other podcast apps. Uh, I'm entitling this The Last Stand of the Republic because I just kind of felt tonight like that's where we are. That's what January the 6th is going to be, is, uh, well... When in doubt, go to the old Bic lighter. Sorry, folks, on the podcast, we're getting some dead air here. But the paper matches didn't light the cigar very well. My dog's over there digging for her treats behind wherever she hit them. So. <laughs> Cute, John. The uh, the Trump team, which is basically Donald Trump now, has a mega mega rally coming on <laughs> January sixth. Or for those of you not trying to talk. With a cigar in your face. January 6th. And. They're planning on. Being in Washington. He wants you all to be there. 
as I throw my dog more treats. Uh, before 9 a.m. on the 6th of January, uh, I, I would uh, guess to assume that, well, Congress probably, congressmen and women uh, probably get to their offices around 9 a.m., some of them, maybe, I don't know. If your last name's Kennedy, you probably get there whenever the heck you feel like it because you've been out drinking all night. Uh, but the official counting of the Electoral College starts at 1 p.m. So I don't know why he wants people there at 9, but I feel like this uh, Electoral Count and uh, this rally are the fight for the Republic, the, the fight for the United States of America, the fight for Americana, the American way. Uh, you know, really, Riley, Riley, uh, I started this fight around 2009 with these podcasts. Uh, back then it was an internet talk show format and uh we would have my my partner and I would have uh guests calling in we would be we were on uh, redstatetalkradio.com for a while unfortunately the the founder of that passed away a couple years ago a fairly young age in his 40s or early 50s but uh you know, we did this in different formats. We tried to provide news and information from different angles than the mainstream media. Um, and then when he started a family, you know, things got different. And I had to go out on my own. But we still hook up sometimes. Uh, the New York Times is reporting that Mike Pence, uh, it says here in the headline, Pence welcomes bid to overturn Biden's election as, Republican, as Republican senators join. Vice President Mike Pence signaled support on Saturday for a futile Republican bid to overturn the election in Congress next week after 11 Republican senators and senators-elect said they would vote to reject President-elect Joseph R. Biden Jr.'s victory when the House and Senate meet formally to certify it. Uh, see, this, this is not news, people. Uh, the, the overall concept is news. This is what's going to happen on January 6th. Ted Cruz is leading a charge, and I think there may be more than 11 senators in this uh, pack with Cruz. But when they say support on Saturday for a futile Republican bid, why does that word futile need to be in there? That's that's there to suggest you, lead you in your mind down a certain path. Uh, you know, 
let you think that this is something that Republicans are doing which doesn't have a lot of credit or merit to it. Uh, that's what feudal would imply to me. Feudal is kind of, you know, weak. Uh, you can look up the word feudal and look up synonyms and so on and so forth if you're interested in that. But this is what the newspapers do. Number one... Uh, just on the news, okay? They're trying to influence you in your way of thinking of this. Uh, that this is, you know, a, a futile, a pathetic, a pitiful, a, a last-ditch, weak effort by Republicans to overturn these strong election results. Uh, when really, you know, a lot of state legislatures... Uh, a few, anyways, have tried to reconvene, but they're uh, bound by their state constitutions, which require their governor to uh, allow them to reconvene, which to me makes no sense. To me, everything, the power in the legislature and in government should belong in the people's house, which would be the House of Representatives, whether it's congressional or uh, local state legislature. We don't have kings and queens. We don't have powerful governors uh, that rule with an iron fist like the, the Roman Empire or uh, the kings and queens of the, the British monarchy used to be. The power should always be in the people's house. And if the people's house wants to reconvene, then the speaker of the house should have that power to reconvene his or her chamber. But that's a whole nother uh, ball game. The reason they want to reconvene is they want to nullify or send a second official set of electors to Washington on January 6th. Now, some states, seven, have sent dueling electors. Uh, and we'll see how that plays out. Uh, to go back to the New York Times article, we'll see another paragraph here or two here, see what they have to mislead us on. The announcement by senators and Mr. Pence moved to endorse it reflect a groundswell among Republicans to defy the ambiguous results, uh, or pardon me, unambiguous results of the election and indulge President Trump's attempts to remain in power with false claims of voting fraud. Now see, they're unambiguous results. So the, they're saying that the results of the, of the election are strong, they're solid, they're good results, even though if you've been following this, and if you watch uh, PMSNBC, Communist News Network, or Fox, F-A-U-X News, you would not know a lot about this. But several state legislatures do feel that they have seen enough evidence of irregularities, uh, sudden spikes in uh, vote counts for Biden after P 
people were sent home and said we've stopped counting for the night. Hundreds of witnesses have signed affidavits, which affidavits are evidence. And eyewitness testimony is evidence. They've signed these affidavits under oath of her, uh, under the threat of perjury. And they know they could go to jail if they perjure themselves. Unlike Bill Clinton who perjured himself and didn't go, get in any trouble. But these people are like, I could go to jail. And these weak, pathetic Democrat state legislatures legislators, pardon me, on these committees and subcommittees at these state legislatures that are holding these hearings try to pick them apart and say, well, you know, why are you lying? How do you know? Why don't the poll books reflect a 30,000 and some vote uh, difference in counts and blah, blah, woof, woof. And these people are like, hey, did you, did you sign an affidavit under oath that you could go to jail? And the legislate, legislators are just like, you know, of course the legislators didn't sign any oath that they could go to jail. And let's face something here. Because of gerry, gerrymandering, once you've been elected to... A, a state office nine times out of ten maybe eight times out of ten you're in there until you're either term limited or you decide to give up uh, you know a lot of these people that are uh, trying to pick apart the the people who sign sworn affidavits and are testifying in front of state legislatures a lot of them are lifelong democrats that are in democrat strongholds uh, the Republican questioning is a lot more methodical and thought out when it comes to these things. But nonetheless, uh, Republican senators, and I've heard 140-some House members are ready to object to the election results come January 6th. Now, what will happen is the Senate and the House will be in one chamber, the House chamber. They will be beginning the count at the uh, bang of the gong or the pounding of the gavel by Mike Pence. And then they will... Uh, begin the Electoral College count. And then when some a senator and a House member have put into writing that they are objecting to a state's electoral count, the counting will stop. The two chambers will split. The Senate will go back to their chamber. The House will remain in theirs. And they will debate for up to two hours. They will come, they will vote separately. The House members will vote. The Senators will vote. And then they'll reconvene. And Mitch McConnell will hopefully say uh, 50 some odd Senators voted 
that these results are bad and Pelosi, it'll probably be a party line vote and Pelosi will report that uh, a majority of the House members uh, will say that the votes for Biden uh, are good. Then honestly, folks, I don't know where we go. Uh, what I've been told is Mike Pence can say, well, there are dueling electors, okay, electoral college members. There are, there's a group for Biden. There's a group for Trump. The House and the Senate can't decide on whether or not the ones for Biden should be counted or the ones for Trump should be counted. So then there will have to be a decision by the Supreme Court. And if Biden at some point drops below the 270 electoral votes required to win the presidency, you go to a House delegation vote. The, what the House delegation means is that, uh, say, Ohio has 16 congressional representatives, I think, 16 or 18. Uh, I should know that's my home state. I even looked it up several times and keep forgetting. But anyways, uh, 12 of the Ohio... Uh, 12 of Ohio's House of Representative members are Republican, let's say. Those 12 will vote for Trump. The four Democrats will vote for Biden. The majority wins, so therefore Trump gets Ohio's vote. And it will be a slim House of Representatives victory for Trump in that case, and Trump will remain president. Now, is that likely? Can that happen? <sighs> Folks, I, I don't think so. You've got turncoats like Mitt Romney. They've already said they're not going to support Trump because they just hate Trump. Now, this is another crucial play for these two senators in Georgia. Will they be sworn in? I would imagine so, uh, in a quick emergency swearing in by Mitch McConnell. Uh, <clears throat> and Trump is going to Georgia on Monday night to hold a huge rally for them. Because whether we get Trump in there or not, we've got to have these senators to hold the line and keep the House Democrats from just running rampant. Uh, and then I think that the Democrats will lose their House majority come the 2018 midterms. Uh, CBS News is also reporting more Republican senators expected to object to election results. About a dozen senators are expected to object to the Electoral College results. CBS White House correspondent Weijia Jiang joins CBSN with more on this more on what this means, pardon me. And that's the whole article. They want you to watch their stupid TV show. Um, again, you know, here we are. Clinton News Network. Nearly a dozen senators announced plans to vote against the electoral, or against counting electoral votes. Uh, Ted Cruz seems to be the, the leader of this. And... When all this settles and they elect a new majority leader in the Senate, uh, hopefully, 
we get these two Republicans in Georgia re-elected. And <clears throat> I really think Cruz or Rubio should be the majority leader in the Senate. Uh, I think Mitch McConnell's just too old, too white, too far gone, too uppity for his position. Um, this CNN article is you know, just repeating what I've already said. Um, nearly a dozen senators and senator-elect senators-elect announced Saturday they will vote against counting electoral votes next week when Congress is expected to certify president-elect Joe Biden's victory despite no credible evidence su suggesting widespread voter fraud in the 2020 election. Well, we if you follow on YouTube a channel called Rudy Giuliani's Common Sense, you will see there's a lot of evidence and some state legislatures, like I mentioned before, have already tried to reconvene to either change their electors who they are sending or to send dueling electors and seven states are sending dueling electors. Uh, take a little breakity break here and things. Talk some international relations here. Iran official, President Trump will not be safe on earth. Lieutenant David De, De Depotula weighs in on the latest from Iran live on uh, Kavuto Live. More from Fox News. Let's uh, go back here. There's a little five-minute video here of uh, Iran threatening President Trump. President Trump will, quote, not be safe on Earth. One day before the one-year anniversary of the U.S. taking out Iran's top general, Qasem Soleimani, in Baghdad. This after the U.S. just sent two B-52s flying over the Persian Gulf to send a message not to mess with the United States. Joining me now is retired Air Force Lieutenant General David Deptula. Good to see you, General. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too, Dave. So should President Trump take this threat seriously? Um, well, first, I think it's important to remember, David, that Iran's still the world's leading state sponsor of terrorism, and therefore, it's absolutely imperative that they not be allowed to create nuclear weapons. Bottom line is, yes, the president should take it seriously, but also it needs to be, that threat needs to be put in context, remembering that Iran is going to act in Iran's best interests. Uh, we, and the president, simply needs to be prepared as he's already stated, to be able to respond to any sort of aggression um, that Iran commits against either the United States or its partners in the region. And we should emphasize, by the way, that Soleimani was a terrorist butcher. Uh, he was in another country planning another terrorist attack. We know that from the intel we had. Isn't the world a safer place without him? Absolutely. Uh, unquestionably. Um, and if you take a look at the event now, this does worry me, you know, uh, I, like the uh, retired uh, 
Colonel said there, Iran is still the world's biggest sponsor of, of terrorism. Uh, Donald Trump has done a great deal to punish Iran. And uh, he took out their top terrorist leader, Khomeini, one year ago. And for Iran to make that kind of threat, uh, you know, after Trump leaves office, okay, he is not going to have the Secret Service top team with him. Not dissing anyone in the Secret Service. They're all great people. But there's no saying that, you know, knowing Trump's not as well protected now, not saying, or saying that, you know, he's not, he doesn't have the White House, he doesn't have the beast, uh, the, the heavy, you know, presidential limo. Uh, who knows what Trump will do after he leaves office? He may just tell the Secret Service to buzz off, I'll hire my own security. Uh, who knows with Donald Trump? Um, but if he leaves office after January 20th, you know, yeah, he says he's going to start campaigning for uh, 2024 immediately, but I just worry for the safety of the man and his family. Uh, they've done a lot to upset Iran and other uh, terrorists. Uh so it it just worries me, you know. I, I hate to see anyone get hurt, killed, anything of that nature. And in Iran, though they may not want a head-to-head war with the United States, they're not below hiring, you know, basically a hitman from you know one of their terrorist organizations, uh, or finding someone that's willing to blow themselves up to uh, get back at. President Trump for the things he's done. Um, other fun things. Some of us got our 600 bones from the government this week. Uh, I got mine. I started checking my bank account like Tuesday night into Wednesday. And I think it showed up like Wednesday afternoon or maybe Thursday morning. I don't know. Um, paid a couple bills and put a Put the rest into savings. You know, I bought myself a few toys, I guess, but I mean, nothing economic stimulating. Um, and so Pelosi and McConnell went home uh, for, I guess you would say, uh, a brief New Year's break. They'll obviously be back on January 6th at the latest. Uh, to uh, do this electoral count of the sham election. But uh, out of Louisville, Kentucky, USA Today is reporting the homes of Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell and the House of, uh, and House Speaker, pardon me, Nancy Pelosi were vandalized over the weekend after Congress adjourned Friday without securing two thousand dollar stimulus checks uh there was a bill passed by the house with a lot of uh, other earmarks and spending in it to uh give out two thousand dollar checks mcconnell delayed that in the senate 
by putting a Section 230 repeal in there. Uh, Section 230, for those of you that don't know, it's a subsection of a bigger law that was passed during the dot-com boom in the 90s when Bill Clinton was president. And it basically says the government will leave websites alone. Social media did not exist when this law was created, but it basically says that if I were to start a website like BigJohn.com, which I think is already taken, but if, let's just say, uh, or Americana, the American Way.com, right? Uh, if I were to start that website and I let other people post on there uh, comments, uh, blogs, whatever, and somebody posted something that was uh, defamation of character, the person being defamed would not be allowed to sue me. They would have to go after the individual. So Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, um, all of these place, these dot coms are called social media platforms. They say we're just a platform to, for people to speak. If people post content on there that we don't agree with, we can flag it, we can take it down, we can bar the person from the internet, or at least from their uh, social media platforms. Say, for example, Alex Jones has been taken off of uh, everything, except for now they have Rumble and Parler. And uh, he is on Parler, and he was always on Infowars.com. That's his own personal website. They can't take him off of that, but Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, blah, 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 YouTube, they can all take him off because... They are not under the First Amendment freedom of the press where, you know, they're a uh, press outlet and it's basically, at least it had always been that the, the press should allow its reporters to report whatever they feel like. Uh, so I'm not getting too into the legals of that, but Section 230 uh, is what Mitch McConnell threw in there to throw a curveball into your $2,000 stimulus check. Uh, Mitch, this is another reason why I think Mitch McConnell needs to go. Um, he, he's being a crotchety old stick in the mud. He's, anti, he's somewhat anti-Trump right now, even though he's not saying it publicly. You know, he rode Trump's coattails to get his senators and himself in power. Now that it looks like the Trump era is coming to a close, at least the era of Trump being president, you know, Mitch is going to turn tails and run and take care of Mitch and not the American people. Although a lot of GOP senators uh, like Marco Rubio are game for this $2,000 stimulus check. And realistically... The Americans that are in need right now, two grand is a lot more towards helping their need than $600. Um, you know, two grand could catch them up on rent. 
two grand might, you know, buy a few months worth of food, depending on how many uh, people they have in their household. I know I'm going to start stockpiling after I see what happens on January 6th. Uh, because, I mean, Biden's talking about, you know, possibly a nationwide lockdown again. Um, you know, he's definitely Huckleberry for a national mask mandate. But this st this stuff of vandalizing houses, don't know who did it. Not, don't know. Uh, could have been right wing, left wing, could have just been pissed off people. Uh, but, you know, Republicans coming up on this January 6th rally for Trump need to realize we are Republicans, we are conservatives, we are Christians, we are not Antifa, we are not the left wing uh, Black Lives Matter. We do not need to go around burning things, tearing down Washington, D.C. on January 6th and it's very inappropriate, and I condemn whoever vandalized these houses. That's just uh, ignorance at its finest. Ignorance is bliss, right? Well, they were very blissful. Let's not be blissful on January 6th, at least not in an ignorant way. All right? Remember who you are. You, you might be a Trumpism in the eyes of liberals and uh, rhinos, but you are a God-fearing Christian Republican, and you need to carry yourself as such going forward. If we're going to keep the Republic and hold the line, hopefully with the Georgia Senators, um, win back the House, we can't go around being ignoramuses like the Democrats have been uh, and the Liberals have been for the last four years. K, I'm not JK here. I'm not LOL. Being serious, K, K. Let's move on. I I have a I saw this article, and I'm gonna wrap it up with this one. By the way, um, I uh bought one month. Of Netflix a couple hours ago for for season three of Cobra Kai I bought a paid YouTube subscription what was called YouTube Red now it's YouTube Premium uh, for Cobra Kai the uh, 20 years later or 30 years later of Karate Kid. Uh, very, very hooked on the show. So uh, I figured the nine bucks for a month of Netflix was worth it. And then I'll get to see some good stand-up comedy uh, specials also this month. And uh, after 2020, we all need a good laugh, right? <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, man. Cobra Kai is, uh, season three is living up to the hype. I'm one and a half episodes into it, and it's already like, yeah, I'm going to have to sit here this weekend and watch all ten episodes, uh, or the other 
eight, seven and a half, right? Whatever. Uh, so, but I saw this other article. It wasn't about Cobra Kai. Uh, uh, titled Army Soldier 19 Found Dead at Texas Military Base on New Year's Eve. Uh, I immediately assumed it was Fort Bliss, uh, and I was correct in that. And there just seems to be so many deaths, pardon me, deaths at Fort Bliss. Uh, a couple soldiers were found murdered and buried um, a little bit off base, I think, a few months or a year ago. Now we have this 19-year-old soldier found unresponsive at Texas military base New Year's Eve. Private first class, class, pardon me, private first class Asia Graham was pronounced dead Thursday after her body was found in her barracks room at Fort Bliss, which is the headquarters of, which is headquartered in El Paso. The circumstances surrounding her death are still under investigation, authorities said in a news release Saturday. The North Carolina native joined the Army in July 2019 and arrived at Fort Bliss five months later after completing combat training in Missouri and South Carolina, according to the release. She was assigned to the 1st Armored Combat Division, Aviation Brigade, where she served as a human resources specialist. Quote, The Iron Eagle team is deeply saddened by the loss of our friend and teammate, said Colonel Jeffrey Wittenberg, the brigade's commander. PFC Graham was a valued member of the Iron Eagle team and did an outstanding job for this battalion, he said in a statement. Her loss is felt in our formations, but not just in our formations, but across the Army. We lost a skilled human resources specialist who wanted nothing more than to serve her country and her battle buddies. Uh, man, this is like really, really scary. Um, Graham's awards and decorations include the National Defense Service Medal, the Global War on Terrorism Service Medal, and an Army Service Ribbon. The latest incident adds to a string of mysterious disappearances and deaths at or near Army posts in Texas. Fort Bliss authorities are still searching for PFC Richard Halliday, who disappeared from the base in July and was initially thought to have intentionally fled the post. But it was another army base that repeatedly made headlines in 2020. About 25 uh, soldiers enlisted at Fort Hood died from suicide, accidents, or homicide in the past year, including uh, specialist Vanessa Gillian, or yeah, Jillian, Julian, who was killed and dismembered before her remains were found earlier in July. Investigators believe fellow soldier specialist Aaron Robinson murdered her 
and then killed himself as police tried to take him into custody. Fourteen senior army officers were later fired or suspended after authorities blamed their leadership failures for the surge in violence at Fort Hood. Uh, Fort Hood was where they had the terrorist attack uh, a few years ago, which uh, the Obama administration deemed workplace violence. But uh, the rest of us thinking people call it terrorism. Um, so, you know, prayers for the family of uh, Private First Class Asia Graham. Uh, this is, you know, any time is a terrible time to lose such a young life, 19 years old. Uh, you know, any loss of life is tragic. But, you know, we're, we're during the holidays here. This happened on New Year's Eve. Um, we don't know why or how. But uh, God bless. Um, and, and, you know, rest in peace, PFC Asia Graham. Very, very tragic story. Uh, hate to end on a sad note. But, uh, hey, if you're going to be in Washington January 6th, Practice your constitutional rights, but don't infringe on those of others, uh, and stay peaceful in the uh, example of Dr. Martin Luther King, Reverend Martin Luther King. Um, you know, peaceful protest and civil disobedience get you much further than violence. So with that, as always, pray for one another. God bless you all. Thanks for listening and watching Americana the American Way. And uh, we will see you shortly. Thank you very, very, very much.